Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this episode, and we are excited to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Let's Make Art. We've dropped a link to them in the show notes, but we just had to tell you more about this awesome company. You guys know how much we love teaching our kids, and art is a huge part of that, although sometimes it can seem really overwhelming to teach your kids art if you're not an artist yourself. So that's where Let's Make Art comes in. They have a ton of kid-friendly supplies, subscription boxes, tutorials, you name it. They have a fully stocked shop with everything you can possibly need to do art with your kids, from videos to supplies to lessons. This is just incredible. And the best part is you don't have to leave your house. It's delivered right to your door. Yes, absolutely. And what I love about it is that they have um, boxes and tutorials curated by artists themselves. So you get to take a course with an artist online and get all the supplies you need delivered right there instead of going to some art store that you're unfamiliar with and trying to bumble around and get the right stuff. I tell you what, I'm probably going to be elbowing my kids out of the way to be able to do (laughs) Let's Make Art. Totally. Let's make art simple together. Check out Let's Make Art today by going to our special link, zen.ai forward slash outnumbered the pod. You will get 20% off if you use our special link. That's zen.ai forward slash outnumbered the pod. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode on helping us get to know our selves and our kids better. We're really excited to dive into this topic of birth order today. I can't believe that actually that we have been doing our podcast for three years and we've never talked about this topic before because it's so fascinating. And Audrey and I um, refer to it along uh, with other personality traits when we talk about our kids a lot. So uh, yeah, we're excited to do this one. Yeah, this is gonna be really fun. Um, first, I wanted to start with a, a funny little um experience when we first talked about this episode, Audrey said, you have to go check out this Instagram account. Um, we'll include it in the show notes, but, um, the handle is TJ underscore Therian. I think you pronounce his last name. Um, and he does tons and tons of videos, just humorous videos about birth order. And I was dying. Like I watched it for like 45 minutes, just all his different videos. And I'm texting him to my mom and my siblings, of course, because we're like, yes, that's me. Yes. Look at this is you. This is you. It's so funny. You know, as adults, you can see all this from your childhood. And so, um, I'm the oldest. We're going to talk a lot about our own birth orders. I'm the oldest. And so naturally his firstborn videos were killing me because I'm like, this is my life. This is one in particular that I loved was it was showing, um, an example of a firstborn playing a video game online with a bunch of middle children. So (laughs) you can imagine how this went, right? The guy gets on the game and he's like, all right, guys, follow me. We're headed this direction. No, 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 not that way. Not that way pay attention. Okay. Guys, can you be serious for one minute, please? Like, it's just so high strung. So type A, we're going to get there and get it done. And everyone's just laughing and being goofs. It's like story of my life, especially with my brother. (laughs) Always, always. So you guys got to go check him out. We'll put it in the show notes. Oh yes. I am a middle child. I'm the second born and I am a middle child. So, and that's why we've worked together for three years with zero conflicts because (laughs) oldest children and middle children just 
get along so well. I know it. I know it. Well, as you longtime listeners know, we like to educate ourselves on different personality inputs so that we can better be better parents to our kids and we can understand ourselves better. And so this is just another tool that we have. We have talked about so many different ones. Maybe we'll link some of those in the show notes. You know, we've talked about love languages. We've talked about personality types. We've talked about um, your Enneagram types. So just a lot of different tools that you can use to learn about your kids and their unique traits and yourself and your unique traits. So today, that is what we are discussing. With that in mind, we're discussing birth order. Yes. And it's so important to remember that none of these are hard and fast rules. I mean, some people would say there's no science behind it. We disagree, but um, it's important to just use it as information that could could help you. Won't hurt, might help, not necessarily conclusive results about how your kid's going to turn out either. So in doing a little bit of research, we found out that birth order theory was developed in the 20th century. And the theory claims, obviously, that the order in which a child comes into a family really distinctively shapes their development and their personality. Pretty interesting. Yeah, it's not the only factor in what makes a person who they are, but it's fun to see the commonalities in our different kids and in our siblings and in ourselves. You know, the studies are kind of all over the place, but there seems to be enough general agreement that you can really pick yourself out or you can really understand a kid better by knowing a few things about birth orders. Yeah, and an interesting thought is, um, how much birth order shapes who you would have been anyway, right? I really believe that I would have been in large part um, the type of personality that I am, even if I had been a middle child, but I might've been a little bit more placid about it. I might've been, a, you know what I mean? It might've shaped me in just a little bit different way. So you, you will see, so let's say, for example, the Enneagram that we've talked about a couple of times, you'll see different those different Enneagram types in all birth orders, but- you might see a few more of the of the high achievers as firstborns and a few more of the peacekeepers in the middle, et cetera. So it's just very fascinating to think about. Uh, we use it as a tool to understand ourselves and our kids a little bit better and to give them a little bit more grace. So when they're acting a certain way, we might just might think, this is how they tick. And it might be in large part due to the birth order. Things like their behavior, obviously, their thoughts, their motivation, which is a huge one. Understanding your children's motivation can go a long way in better understanding their behavior and their misbehavior as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. And there are things that, okay, so just real quick, you guys probably know, everybody probably knows birth order. It's kind of obvious, but the firstborn is the oldest child, the one that's born first. And then a middle child is all the children between the firstborn and the youngest one. And then obviously the young, youngest child. And then there's also an only child phenomenon thing going on out there. But there, but it's not necessarily hard and true. There are things that affect birth order traits. Like if, for example, um, you know, you would think that Bonnie and I have a firstborn, a lastborn, and you know, about a billion middle child in the middle. But but that's not true because there are things that affect birth order. So if you have a bunch of girls and then you have a boy, he's going to have more of those firstborn traits because he is the first boy. So there's other things that affect it. If you have you know three or four kids and then there's a gap and then later you have another kid or two, then that will affect which birth order they're in. Um, yeah, and then um, another thing is like in large families, they kind of have different, like you don't have a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of middle kids. There are definite um, differences that, and traits that they pick up depending on where they are in that large family. So it's not hard and fast, but it is enough. There's enough evidence in it that we can use it to help us understand our kids. 
Yes. In a large family, it's kind of a fun exercise to look around and just think, you know, I think you're acting right here as the firstborn because of this scenario or that scenario. Yeah. And fun to kind of pick, pick those different uh, traits out. Right. Um, and a few other things that can affect birth order are sets of twins. So um, twins tend to get special attention from parents and from strangers as well. And so the experts say that the rules don't necessarily apply to twins, which is pretty interesting. They don't function as one personality, obviously, and they don't necessarily follow the older younger because they were born on the same day and they're treated differently. So that's an interesting caveat. Yeah. So maybe after your twins, if you were born and you have an older set of twins, maybe you are more like a firstborn again. Yeah. It's just kind of interesting to think yeah. about. Okay. So we're going to go through each of these specifically, each of these um, different positions in the family. We're going to talk about benefits and disadvantages and what they look like as adults. And then we're going to share some examples that we have from our, our own um, families and our own, where we were in the birth order and people we know and that kind of thing. So this is going to this is just going to be kind of a fun episode. All right. Starting, of course, with the firstborn, the oldest child, the benefits. You have your parents to yourself, all to yourself for a period of time. So this means extra attention. Um, some theories claim that the firstborn are more intelligent. And it does kind of, uh, yeah. All right, Bonnie. Yes. Take a bow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay claim to all the positive and none of yeah. the negative. All right. Sure. Yeah. You do that. <laughs> Uh, they have more developed speech. Some of these things kind of make sense. You know, they're, they're getting all their parents' attention. Of course, they're going to talk with a more developed speech than than younger kids. Um, they score high on the aspect of extroversion, no, the aspect of extroversion known as dominance. They're very responsible, determined. They tend to be rule followers, cautious, and they have a very high level of autonomy. So you need it done. They're just going to figure out how to do it and do it. Yeah, interesting. And and we would love to hear this when we're going to talk about this on Instagram when this episode goes live. We would love to hear your feedback if you think this follows the trends you've seen in your own family or your 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 current nuclear family or your family of origin. I'd love to know if people think that this is that this is true or not because I definitely see a lot of those traits in myself and my own first firstborn child. So a few disadvantages that some of these oldest children might encounter is that parents expect a lot, right? If they're the only child for a while or they're the first to reach certain milestones, the parents are going to expect more, which is kind of interesting. Um, I didn't realize what I was doing, but when my oldest was a baby, I was just so excited for each phase to come that I pushed him a lot. And now looking back, I'm thinking, didn't I realize just how fast he was going to grow up? <laughs> Couldn't I have just tell that? But I didn't know that until I had a little bit of experience. So I remember thinking, okay, you got the sitting down. Now when are you going to crawl? It's time to crawl. It's time to crawl. Okay, you crawl. Now it's time to walk. Now we're going to walk. Like everything was so new and, and novel and exciting that I just couldn't wait to. So a lot of that push, 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 right? So a lot of expectation. Um, the parents might seem stricter because they are youthful and exuberant and have read all the parenting books and have all the answers. <laughs> So that firstborn child, he gets uh, to break those parents in, right? Um, and then the oldest needs to set an example for the next children. So again, high expectations on that child. Be an example for those younger kids. Um, studies have shown sometimes they have lower birth weight. Isn't that interesting? Maybe that so the, interesting. the mom's body has to like adapt to being pregnant or something. Who knows? They tend to be bossy unsurprisingly, they tend to be a little bossy, right? Because they're the oldest and in charge. And they also tend to have higher blood pressure, probably just because they're stressed out about, about all the pressure on them. <laughs> so those are some of the not so great features that you might have to encounter as an oldest child. 
Isn't that interesting that it even is seen across health things like that? Yeah. So yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So the firstborn child, what do they look like as an adult? Definitely leaders. They have leadership skills in wherever they work. They tend to take um, a leadership role. Uh, they Teachers, oftentimes they're teachers. They're goal-oriented, very outspoken, independent, perfectionist, and they're high in conscientiousness, looking around, seeing what needs to go on what other people need, role models, hard workers, timely, definitely on time to work. And interestingly enough, they make more money. Interesting. Interesting. And that is super duper interesting. And and would be so fascinating to find out what some of these big CEOs that we follow, you know, like Jeff Bezos or whatever, like where they fall in their family, right? And if this this um, this follows suit. And so presidents, ex- like how many presidents yeah. were firstborn children? Right, 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 right. Or just big big thinkers, artistic, whatever. Um, Okay. So an example I wanted to share about this is um, one time I was getting together with a bunch of homeschool moms. There was probably 20, 25 of us. And we were all sitting around in a circle trying to get to know each other a little bit better. And one of these women was very into uh, birth order, personality types, et cetera. And she goes, I have a theory and I would love to see if I'm right. Can we all go around and tell what birth order we were in our family of origin. So we all went around and interestingly enough, probably 70% of us were the firstborn child. And we thought, oh, that's so interesting. And then we poked around and probed a little bit further and found out that the rest of them, the other 30% were like acting firstborn. So they were either the oldest daughter or they were, they were the oldest after a large gap in their family. I think there was maybe one exception in that entire group. And we were just floored. We thought, oh my gosh, there's something to this. Uh, because something about being that oldest or that acting oldest often pulled people into homeschooling. It was like, well, I can do this better than the school system or something, whatever is going through our brain. Um, and and got them to the situation where, where we would be in this homeschool group together. So we just thought it was so fa- fascinating and that we all came from really similar backgrounds um that that applies to me and i've also noticed that um we tend to be um perceived as high achievers right we get a lot of things done we're productive Um, but there is both a light and a dark side to this right Uh, many people think in in fact usually when i get compliments from people it's it's something um along the lines of you do so much right? Oh, that's amazing that you do this and this and this and this and this and this. But I don't know if you noticed that doing is not, is not the primary purpose of life. <laughs> and sometimes this obsession with accomplishments or achieving gets in the way of things that are more important, like relationships or rest, sleep, you know, these other things. So, um, you know, if, if you ever feel a little jealous of younger children or, you know, what a different birth order, go talk to a couple of them. There are pros and cons to each one. So I just had to share that because that's something I have learned as an adult is, oh, how can I harness these strengths and, uh, combat them when they really interfere with my life? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my husband is not the firstborn. He has three older sisters, but he is the first boy. And so he does have quite a few of the firstborn child traits, which is interesting. Yes. Um, Very interesting. He was also the youngest child for 12 years before his brother came along. So interestingly enough, he has quite a few of these oldest 
traits and some of the youngest child traits, which is, is very, very interesting. <laughs> and interesting that he is an kind of an acting oldest who married a middle child. And mm-hmm. I am the oldest and also married a middle child. Okay, My okay. husband, he comes from a large family, but he is almost smack dab in the middle and has lots of these middle child traits. So it's so fascinating. <laughs> okay. Yes. Let's talk about the middle child. I'm ready to talk about middle children now. <laughs> So the middle child, some benefits are we are peacekeepers. We've got to keep the peace between the oldest and the youngest. We enjoy negotiation and compromise. Um, the middle child relates to people of different ages with ease. Um, they are, they're used to interacting with older and younger, not um, super have to be just people their age. They are very agreeable. It goes along with the negotiation and being the peacekeeper. They have a high level of openness um, and that what that means is that they are flexible, like super flexible and adaptive, open to different ideas, diplomatic, nurturing, very introspective, and they can be tentative and they tend to be more creative types. So all those are middle child benefits. Kind of interesting. Oh yeah. I can see like almost all of those in you. (laughs) Isn't that fun (laughs) to explore a little bit? Uh, Okay, so there are a few disadvantages, of course. For middle children, they can struggle to seek um, out their own specific niche, right? Like where they belong in the family, especially if it's a larger family and and not just oldest, middle, youngest, right? Not everyone has three children uh, to try to figure out where they belong. Um, They can be competitive with an older sibling, right? Um, Or interestingly enough, they actually might uh, rebel and act a little bit more naughty, maybe to get attention. I don't know. They, studies have shown they have an increased risk of hospitalization due to avoidable accidents. (laughs) This, this, a lot of this might be for the the boy middle children, right? Uh, So I, we, there were five kids in my family. I was the oldest and very much an oldest child. The second was a boy and he was very much had some of these, um, wild boy middle children traits um and uh it's it's fun to see in especially in this instagram account you were sharing audrey uh he pops up a lot in those middle child traits <laughs> i was sending them all to him cracking up because oh, it's so funny um they rebel like we mentioned they try to find a way to get attention um sometimes humor is a big one they laugh a lot um they might even struggle with some self-esteem issues my second child is very much this one as well the oldest he lets be the type A high achiever. And he just is the class. He's the class clown of our homeschool class. (laughs) Yes. I have to um, make a public apology to my mom because when I was a kid, I used to say, well, my older sister's the oldest. So you love her. And my youngest sister is the youngest. So you love her. And my brother is the only boy. So you love him. But here I am. I'm the middle child. I'm nothing. You have no reason to love me. And she'd say, honey, I love you because you're you. But that was like, no, nope, there's nothing special about me. So that Aww. part about, you know, like having a hard time finding your place is uh, definitely something I could relate to from when I was a kid. No, <laughs> Interestingly enough, as a, I try to, you know, pay a little special attention to my middle kids as a result and let them know ways that I do like really appreciate them, ways that they're special and they don't have, you know, just automatically that oldest or that youngest thing going on. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay. What does that middle child look like as an adult? They're adaptable. No surprise. They grew up doing that, right? Sometimes they're a social butterfly. They get along. They know how to um, relate to so many different people. Um, dreamers, generous, creative, rebellious, 
competitive, funny, and a great negotiator. So I don't know what kind of careers a middle child might go into. Um, I don't know. But, but, but go ahead. I was going to say probably artistic, maybe um, speech and debate type of things, maybe attorneys, maybe politicians. My brother has, my brother went into um, political science and, and yeah, I could always see that in him, that he was just a great debater, a great negotiator, great at getting people to see each other's sides. Pretty cool. A few examples of these um, is that once again, like we said, these might come out multiple times in a large family. Um, it might originally come out in the second child. And then again, later on down the line, as there's another acting oldest and another acting middle, it's just kind of fun to pull them out. Um, they often have a very different personality type than the oldest, as we've seen this. Um, and like I mentioned, my husband and I work really, really well together because he is definitely an acting middle child and he is more of the peaceful type um who just he is unflappable <laughs> it takes so much to get his goat in fact sometimes as a very passionate person i'm like would you just get angry about something already <laughs> i gave up trying to argue with him years ago because i would be i just have to get something out and i would just rant and rave and he'd go are you done <laughs> can we move on now and i'm like come on, let's, let's get a debate going. Let's, let's talk about this. And he just wanted the peace. So it, it has worked out in our benefit. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes what you'll see when you have multiple middle children is one will be like the negotiator in the family. And then the next one will be like the rebellious the one. Rebel. The rebel. Yes, totally. And then the, the mm -hmm. next one will be like the funny guy in the family. Yes. So you'll yeah. get multiple different middle ch children, like trying to find their own role. Yeah. Yeah. And while this will mold our children and ourselves as we grow up, um, we also have to allow for a lot of change when they leave the home, right? They yeah. may leave and realize, you know, I was always trying to be the funny guy because I felt like I needed that attention, but I don't really like that anymore, you know, and, and to yeah. kind of morph and change and to not hold your kids to this standard of who they were when they were 10 and 11. <laughs> and that's hard because that's, part of what you love about them, right? But they will change and grow up and morph and become a different version of that fabulous child that you loved when they were little. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, moving on to the youngest child. So the baby of the family. It seems like there's two paths that the youngest child um, takes. They either have a clear journey to success in front of them. Their way is paved. They're the baby. Everybody's setting things up for them. Or they kind of become avoidant, like the, the artist, the lazy, you know, the still sleeping in their mom's basement at, you know, 30 years. <laughs> <they're gonna> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but here's more youngest child benefits. They definitely have freedoms the older siblings don't have because mom and dad figured out that that, you know, that way of parenting where they were kind of the helicopter parent, that really wasn't like totally necessary. And so they backed off a little bit, relaxed a little bit. They're older, maybe more chilled out. Um, younger children are also um, creative, rebellious, very outgoing. And one thing youngest children have for them is they're very assured of their place in the family. They're the baby. They're petted. It's kind of this youngest child thing going on. They will never be displaced by a, by a younger sibling. So there's like a confidence that comes with that. They have a reputation for being happy-go-lucky, usually extroverted. Interestingly enough, they've got other siblings. So always interacting with someone else maybe gives them more tendency toward extroversion, charismatic, and very intuitive. Dang, that makes me want to be a youngest child. It's all <laughs> kinds of good things. 
Uh, there are a few disadvantages, including studies say that they may struggle with mental health during puberty and young adulthood. And I wonder if that's as they grow up and start to find their place in the world, maybe it's a little yeah. bit less clear, right? Yeah. Than, not being the baby anymore. Yeah. Maybe the world is not the treating baby. them. Yeah. The world's not treating them like mom and dad did. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, dang, now what? Um, they are actually more likely to be admitted to the hospital for reasons relating to alcohol. So sounds like some mental health issues sometimes with those who are younger children. Um, lower conscientiousness due to fewer responsibilities. So we can definitely see this happening, right? The children grow up, maybe they have less chores because they're the baby, they get caught a little bit more. And so maybe they have some higher um, issues with risk taking, right? They don't, uh, they don't learn those lessons early on. So again, not a hard and fast rule, but we see a little bit of that with the younger children. Yeah. Yep. So what does the youngest child look like as an adult when they grow up? Um, they can be a risk taker, very outgoing, um, a lot of dependency on others. Um, they've kind of grown up, you know, being dependent on parents and other people for their, for their, who they are, um, persistent, fun, loving, charming, easygoing, free spirited and spoiled. <laughs> kind of entitled and spoiled like they grew up getting everything handed to them being the sweet baby and and they can be a little spoiled if you're, if there's somebody at your work or coworker or somebody neighborhood that's just a little lulls acting like the baby of the family maybe you know probably they were the baby of the family yeah 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 and that can help us understand roles in workplace right like we, we get out of our, our little home and start to work with people and we're thinking why do you act this way oh man Maybe that has something to do with it. So I am seeing the pros and cons of being the younger children as I parent my younger children, right? And as I age. So um, my younger children get parents who are calmer. They We are more experienced and more mature. So that's wonderful. They're, we're not all high strung and psychotic like my poor oldest child had to deal with when he was little. <laughs> But that being said, we are also a lot more tired and uh, I tend to be less disciplined with things for my younger children. I know that I'm not going to make a big deal about my younger children doing some of the things that I did with my older kids, you know, using potty words or this or that because I'm just tired. <laughs> and I know that it's not yeah. going to be a big deal if the three-year-old says poopy head, you know, whereas my <laughs> oldest, oh, let's get out the soap and vinegar. You are in big trouble, mister. You know, so I, I think some of that is good. We become a little bit more rational as parents, but we get tired, we get less consistent, less disciplined. And so I think that's where some of the spoiling comes in as well. And then we realize it's our last chance to parent and we right. don't want to do anything that might harm our chances of them coming home at Christmas. We just want to <laughs> snuggle them all the time. <laughs> I know. And especially as, you know, if we're finished having a family and we kind of realize that we're done, we kind of are guilty of hanging on to those last stages. Yeah. Oh, you know, you're, you're still my baby. Not Here, take, keep your binky until you're five. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Not, can you go get dressed while I nurse the baby? You right. know, it's like, Oh, right. let me help you get I'll dressed for him. Yeah. Aww. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. Uh, I kind of feel like we have two youngest in our family because we have a youngest girl and a youngest boy and mm. they definitely have a lot of these youngest child traits, both of them, the youngest mm -hmm. girl and the youngest boy in in different ways so that's kind of interesting in a in a youngest family we've we've got two babies of the family <laughs> yep yep okay now moving on to the last category that bonnie and i know nothing about so we're basically just depending on research for we're this winging one. It. <laughs> <laughs> there is a category of the only child so an only child um is surrounded by adults these are the benefits they're surrounded by adults and they mimic their behavior they're like 
little adolescent, little, little adults. They're intelligent, they're creative, they're ambitious, very independent. Yes, and you'll probably see a lot of oldest child traits in an only child and a lot of youngest child traits, but not not very often the middle child because those are the ones that are trying to make themselves known. And the old only child knows that everybody knows who he is and where he belongs, yeah. right? He's he's the star yeah. of the show, you know? Yeah. So a few disadvantage for, disadvantages for this only child is that the parents tend to be overprotective. They're the only one. They're putting all their hopes and dreams in you, right? They're not, not going to let anything happen to this child. Um, they tend to be dependent on the parents for support, probably largely in part because the parents want to support them, right? And they have the means. Like you got one child, all your money right. and time and energy can go into them. Yeah. They're probably not used to sharing. Everything is for them, right? Um, and they may be stubborn or a little bit more set in their ways because they've never had to compromise. Yeah. Yeah. I know that um, I have said we have a couple of friends that have just one child and that, you know, we'll be around them in the child's behavior. And on the way home, I'll just say to my husband, oh, what that child needs is a sibling. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad just ordering a sibling isn't as easy as like ordering a parenting book on Amazon. It just doesn't work that way. Oh. It requires a lot more time and effort than just hmm. reading up on something. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then you would lose some of those only child benefits. <laughs> That's true. And there's a lot of those too. Yep. Yeah. So what do they look like as an adult? Very mature, loyal, independent, confident. They're leaders. Um, there is some cautiousness thrown in there. They haven't had a sibling egg them on to go do <laughs> something dumb. <laughs> you name it. <laughs> they're very curious and they're quite sensitive. Um, not also having had a lot of that sibling, you know, teasing, rivalry, any of that thrown at them where you kind of learn a lot of this, um, how to get along with people's skills from, from your siblings growing up. Yeah. You know, this is an interesting concept that of, um, challenges being something that strengthen us and make us uh, a little bit more resilient. Right. I'm reading a book right now called the coddling of the American mind. Fascinating. Highly recommend it. Um, and they are talking about, uh, one example is, um, the fact that peanut allergies are on the rise and have been for probably 20 years or so. And that it is, it actually came about because families, parents, teachers were instructed to start restricting peanuts from children because they were seeing a, a slight rise in allergies. And what happened? The allergies spiked because then the immune systems were not able to say, oh no, this peanut protein is actually not a danger. Do not freak out. Right. Um, so consequently, you know, an only child might not have some of these same challenges that come from a sibling being a total jerk to them, right? Um, so this is a, a, something that can really help those of us who have multiple children to understand. It's okay. Like, yes, they'll get teased and beat up and made fun of by each other, but they'll also have each other to, to rally around and they will, you know, gain resilience, whatever. And and then some of the pros to being an only child is they can go out and get that from from friends. They can have a lot more probably sports and, and being out in the real world than those of us that are stuck at home with kids. So it's just an interesting concept of those challenges being what make our children stronger. Yes. Okay. I, I have noticed that everyone likes to think that only children are just always spoiled and entitled, but I do not think that's true. And I have seen only children who are all over the board when it comes to personalities, right? Just goes to show that being an only child is not going to make you one specific personality type. Um, I think it is a combination of who the child is innately outside of their, their nurturing environment um, in combination with how they're parented. And some parents 
are very indulgent with an only child and some are not. Some are very conscious that they don't want their child to be spoiled. And so they are very conscious of, of giving their child those challenges that they need to succeed. So it, I mean, if you've got an only child and you're worried about that, it's not a foregone conclusion. You get to control a lot of that through your parenting as well. Yeah. Like a lot of um, only children, maybe they have a, a cousin, a family with a bunch of cousins and they get that some of that sibling experience yeah. mm-hmm. with that as well. There's a lot of factors that come into play. So studies done on how birth order affects um, many different types of life. They're just kind of fun to look into. Like if you are really noticing or maybe struggling with a child and trying to deal with them, they have shown um, their studies that show how they, how birth order affects health, how it affects careers, how it affects economic status, finances, relationships, all that kind of thing. So they're like, we're just kind of grazing the surface here picking and choosing some of the most common things, but you can dig in a lot deeper and find a lot more information about birth order out there. Yeah. And if you have a child that you consistently butt heads with, this might be an easy way to look into why you are struggling. Maybe it's because the two of you have very different birth orders, right? Like I have it's very easy for me to parent my oldest child because I know exactly what motivates him. I know exactly <laughs> what he, I mean, we just have similar personality types anyway. Um, but some of my younger children, my, my middle child, and I'm saying my second because that's, he's got a really strong middle child uh, tendencies. Um, he's harder for me. He's so enjoyable, but I don't really know what makes him tick because it's not the same as what makes me tick. So that can really, really help you uh, figure out some of those underlying issues with, with kids that you don't, get yet you know yeah yeah and another thing to watch for is if you're having trouble with a child look into yourself and say Mm. is there something from one of my siblings that just like hasn't maybe resolved itself yet that I'm seeing oh you remind me of my younger sister or of my your older sister of my you know middle brother or whatever it is and I really struggled with that and so then maybe you're projecting that onto your child so it's it's good to Look into yourself too and see how your experience in your family of origin is affecting your nuclear family. Yes. I love that you brought that up. I actually have uh, several older retired age people in my life who still struggle with some issues that were created by sibling rivalries. Um, and, And not to put undue pressure on those of us that are raising children, but to, to do everything we can to help them resolve that at an early age before it kind of cements into a resentment that lasts for years and years. Cause that can really damage kids, even self-esteem as you're talking, you know, as they become adults and, and, and beyond. Um, so anyway, just a side note about that. There's <laughs> these families are tricky. Sometimes we got to work at them. Um, we're also going to include in the show notes a fun article on how birth order affects marriage, like we've mentioned a little bit here, and friendships too. You might start picking out of your friends, oh yeah, interesting how she is a middle child and we get along so well, or she's a youngest, or I've noticed that the things that, that frustrate me about this friend are maybe the things that are different from me or the things you love about them, right? Because right. they're so much different from you. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That article is fun because it shows like if you're a, a middle child and you're married to a youngest child, you know what it explains different things about what your challenges. Or, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So just once again, we want to say that you guys, this is just a tool that you can use. It's not hard and fast, any of it. There's tons of other inputs that cause us to be the way we are and our kids to be the way they are. But it is a tool that we can use to look at our kids and say, uh-huh. Yep. Yep. And at ourselves, like maybe, you know, as 
maybe we have a hard time with something and and now we understand oh that's because i'm a an oldest child and or a youngest child or whatever and this is why it's making me tick the way i was you know especially i can see the challenges if you were an only child and now you have multiple children you would have you would not understand those dynamics as well either so once again we just encourage you always to be educating yourself about different things that help you be a better parent to and to understand yourself better Yes, totally. I've also noticed that sometimes these birth orders can shift unexpectedly, right? So you can have an only child. I have a couple of friends that this is the case. They had an only child and then a very long gap between that one and the next one. And then that oldest child really struggles with an identity shift, went from being an only oldest to now an oldest with all these little babies. And, you know, it's it helps us gain some empathy towards children or adults who have struggled with that kind of displacement or, or other issues affecting birth, birth order. I, when, when studying birth order and personality traits, I try to never use that information to excuse bad, the bad behavior of myself or others. Right. Cause then we can just walk around going, well, yeah. she can't help it. She's a youngest child, yeah. you know? Mm, and yeah. I don't think that's very helpful. Um, but it does help me understand and, and have some more empathy towards those who are acting in a certain way, especially if it drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You can also use the traits. Like if you know a youngest child is struggling with something, but they're also kind of fun loving, you can use that to kind of motivate them. You know, you know that fun is one of their motivators and you can use that after we get done with the work, then we'll go have the fun. (laughs) Totally. Yep. All right. So we hope this episode has been helpful to you guys. Once again, we ask if you enjoyed it, please share it with others. Leave us a review on iTunes or support the podcast on Patreon. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. I'm off mute now, right? Sorry, I was trying to mute myself. Yeah. So I could, yeah. Couldn't see my ding button. <laughs> Raise your hand. <clears throat> yes, body. That is so interesting. <laughs> Wait. <laughs>